wind blowing toward right field. If Alex could find something to pull, get it in the air, he would get some help. Familia's next pitch. Belted to deep center. Back goes Lagares. And gone, Alex Gordon. In comes the pitch. Broken bat, one hopper to third. And over to first in time. Runner going to try to score. Wild throw. Hosmer gambling that he could dash home on the throw to first base. And the Royals have tied the game. For the very best in baseball, this is the place you want to be. All right, let's get it going on the Lockdown Royals podcast, a part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Rylan Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. That's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. And I do want to get this out in the front end again. If baseball is canceled, we'll talk about it then. I'm not going to spend our entire time here on the Lockdown Royals podcast talking about what's happening in Miami uh, and, and how that could come crashing down on this baseball season. I'm aware of it. You're all aware of it. We'll see what happens. I'm not a doctor. I cannot predict the future when it comes to what baseball is going to do. Uh, I have my opinions on what I think baseball should do. You have your opinions on what you think baseball should do. Let's leave it there until we actually have a resolution of if the season is canceled or not. But until then, we have actual Royals baseball to talk about and actual Royals news to talk about. Uh, let's knock out the Royals news real quick because uh, it is some sort of big news, I guess, but it's nothing that you can really expand upon uh, all that much. Uh, the first thing is that Matt Harvey officially signed today. Uh, it was rumored and, and confirmed last week, but today was the official day that the club announced it with a press release. Uh, so this move for Matt Harvey, it's funny. We made a ton of jokes about it on Twitter uh, about the 2015 World Series. Uh, and it's not really for this season. I, I know some people out there had the opinion of, well, what if he's good? What, what if he comes out? What if he pitches well and then the Royals can trade him at the deadline? Look, the trade deadline is uh, August 30th. He's not going to be ready to pitch and pitch effectively and to be stretched out by August, by August 30th. This is not a move for this 60-game season. Uh, they're going to try to bring him in next year as well and see if in 2021 then he can be that guy to, to step into the rotation and to perform well enough to get traded and get you some assets back. But for this year, this move means nothing to me. He's in T-Bone's camp right now. We'll see if he can play at the end of the year, but it's going to take so much for him to get healthy and to stretch out his arm and to be ready to play big league baseball. I don't really have this move on my radar until he gets called up because I just don't see it happening. And again, he's at, he's at T-Bone's camp, but I think that this move, the organization knows it. Uh, you guys know it. It's for the future. It's not for right now. You know, it, it's, a, it's a veteran piece to add to this rotation next year and a, a flyer you know, to take on a rotation piece next year. But the biggest news of the day, at least around Kansas City, is that Patrick Mahomes is now part owner of your Kansas City Royals. Now, the ownership group is like 30 people deep now. You can't keep up with who's all in it. But one person we do know is in it is Patrick Mahomes. That's right, your Super Bowl MVP, your MVP of the entire league. He is on our team, and he is the owner of the Kansas City Royals. Uh, he, he put out a great statement, Mahomes did, saying that he loves baseball, he loves the Royals, he, he wants to grow deeper roots in Kansas City, uh, in this community, and he thinks that this is the step to take to do that uh, and to further submit himself in Kansas City. He's saying all the right things. 
it's awesome to own a team. And with his contract, uh, this can be a way to become a majority owner eventually down the road because you would assume that he's going to get another big NFL payday after this, and you would assume that he'll get a ton of memorabilia and uh, apparel deals, as he already has with Adidas and, and um, Oakley. I think that this is a move for the future for him, and it's a great move. It's awesome. He's a part owner of the Royals, but you look at John Sherman, uh, even a businessman like John Sherman was a minority owner with the Cleveland Indians, and then this offseason when the, when the Royals came up for sale, he was able to swoop in and buy the Royals. So you could see where Mahomes is getting his feet wet in this ownership world here, and in a you know two decades, three decades from now, he can say, look, I want to be the, the majority owner of a team. And you'll know, go buy the Texas Rangers or go buy you know some team. The Dallas Mavericks is a big fan of. I don't think Mark Cuban would sell the team in 30 years, but hey, you never know. Uh, so this is a move for the future for Mahomes, but it's also a really cool move for Kansas City. I mean, I can't think of any other example of your starting NFL quarterback who is in the prime of his career, a Super Bowl MVP, an MVP of the whole league, the best quarterback I've ever seen play in my entire lifetime, uh, the best quarterback I think to ever play NFL football, is also an active owner in Major League Baseball. Uh, and with the Royals pitching situation, I wouldn't mind seeing him thrown in that rotation. I'm just kidding. I would rather him stay at Arrowhead and win the Chiefs many, many more Super Bowls. But that's the two biggest news topics of the day uh, around Kansas City with the Royals. And let's dive into this Tigers recap. So let's start pregame because on the, on the preview, I said that you needed to win this game. You needed to win this series, and I was trying to will Mike Montgomery to perform well because, look, he's one of the three starters you have right now. You're without Brad Keller. You're without Jacob Junis. He's one of the three starters you have right now. And you have a planned bullpen day tomorrow, or well, today now. You have a planned bullpen day today. You had a bullpen day Sunday. You needed Mike Montgomery to go out there and perform. You need Mike Montgomery to go out there and eat some innings up. Instead, he goes out there, gets you two innings of terrible baseball. And that's what Mike Montgomery did. So Mike Montgomery did not fit the bill yesterday. And it puts you in a little bit of a bind today, but some guys stepped up in that bullpen. So let's talk about the pitching first, and then we'll move into the hitting. So we know Mike Montgomery, two, two innings, five hits, five runs, three earned, a strikeout, a home run given up. 13-year right. We know he was bad. Foster Griffin, awesome. I mean, he was awesome on his birthday. Heart goes out to the kid uh, for battling like he did to get to the big leagues. Uh, he was He's another one of those prospects where he thought about quitting baseball. He, he, he did not think this moment would come for him. Uh, and for him to enter the game, his, make his major league debut on his birthday, and to have to leave the game after pitching very well. I mean, he pitched very well. It looked like he was going to go ahead and eat up those innings that Mike Montgomery couldn't eat up. Uh, so he, he pitched, you know, almost two innings, got two outs in the, in the second inning of work before he got hurt. Yeah, heart goes out for the kid to get hurt like that on his big league debut, on his birthday, whenever he was pitching well. No hits, no runs, no uh, no walks, a strikeout. He was, he was going well, and he was a finesse pitcher. It was fun to watch him work out there. And then things got dicey with Kevin McCarthy a little bit. Uh, he, he had some runners on with a couple of walks and a strikeout, uh, but he was fine as well. And surprisingly, one of the best pitchers out of this bullpen, and, and I'm not surprised that he's pitching well, but you look at the line score here uh, for Josh Stonemont. Two hits, a home run given up, 
you look at that line score and you're not immediately impressed in just one inning of work, but the home run was it was he made a good pitch. He made a good pitch on the home run. The guy beat him. Uh, that that's gonna happen in baseball. Other than that, he was locating well. He was mixing pitches well. I still am in love with what I see from Josh Stomont going back to spring training, going back to summer camp, and then what we've seen from him in a couple of outings here in Kansas City in the big leagues in the regular season. So Josh Stomont was awesome. Sparky, two innings, two hits for, for, for Sparkman. I mean, those are the performances, and I know it's easier to do this whenever you're winning a blowout game, but those are the performances on the back end that really help out for today, whenever you need a bullpen day. Griffin could have got you a lot more than two innings, but of course he got hurt. That's not his fault. McCarthy gets you over in that inning and then gets you another one. Stomont gets you an inning. Sparky gets you two innings. And then you want to go and throw in Gabe. That's fine as well. He pitched well. A couple walks there for Gabe, but again, the game was out of hand. No one really cared at that point. Uh, But all in all, considering you say it out loud and your starting pitcher the day before bullpen day goes two innings, you're still in good shape. Heading into the bullpen day today, you're still in good shape. So they were able to overcome uh, Mike Montgomery on the mound. Mike Montgomery did not do them any favors on the mound. They were able to overcome that. Now, let's shift over to the lineup, which is a lot more fun to talk about. But let's start with the negative. Let's start with Mike uh, Matheny. I think that this is the biggest storyline of this season for the Royals. Not only has Mike Montgomery, excuse me, Mike Matheny, Talked about winning, talked about competing, talked about wanting to be a playoff team, blah, blah, blah. But you need to you need to assess Mike Matheny and figure out what he's going to be. What I mean by that is, is he going to be Trey Hillman? Is he going to be someone who comes in here, talks a big game, piles up the losses, and then right when you're going to get good again, right when you're about to win again, you bring in someone like Ned Yost. You bring in someone to get you over the top once you've already built a culture and you've already built the farm system and you've already built a team that's going to win, then you oust um, Matheny. Or is he going to be the guy? Is, is Mike Matheny a stopgap or is he the guy? And that's what you're going to evaluate here in the next couple of years in Kansas City. And it starts this year, it'll continue next year, and then in year three, I think, is the, is the do-or-die year. It, by year three, we should know if he's a stopgap guy or if he's the guy. I think he could for sure gets two years in Kansas City. We'll see about the third year. Uh, but we've discussed all that went wrong for him in his first series in Royal Blue. His lineup card yesterday went wrong for him as well. Look, they scored 14 runs. If you only looked at the box score, that's fine. They, they look like a good game. There was a lot of issues with this lineup, though. And it, 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 it's it's hard that you have to say this after a 14-run production outing, after your best offensive performance, you know, in this season. But I was saying this before the game started. He has wit at leadoff. I like that. That's fine. He moves up Solaire to the, to the two spot. I like that. That's fine. It gets you more at bats. Uh, he talks about wanting to get Solaire going. I don't think anything was wrong with Solaire. I think that Solaire has this season been what we think he is. He's a home run or nothing hitter. I mean, of course he's striking out. That's his game. His game is to hit a home run or to strike out. He said a couple bombs for you already in, what, five games? Four games? That's what he is. He wasn't he wasn't struggling. It's just a player he is. But you move him up, that's fine. You get him more at bats. Uh, you want to try to spark him a little bit if you want, that's fine. I, I get it. Number three hole hitter, though. Alberto Mondesi. 
0 for 5 last night. So, again, that move didn't work. Your number three hitter in no world. I don't care if you want to get Mondesi going. I don't care if Mondesi's just in a slump. I don't care if Mondesi is tearing the cover off the ball. Your number three hitter should never in any world on any planet be Alberto Mondesi. So, again, I'm fine with Witt at leadoff. I'm fine with Soler at two. But you've got to keep bumping guys up because Mondesi cannot be your three hitter. 0 for 5 Mondesi, who you're hoping can maybe drag bunt or maybe possibly poke one the other way. He cannot be your three hitter. You've got to move up Perez to three. You've got to move up Ryan O'Hearn, who was back in the lineup yesterday, and we'll talk about that in a second, to four. You've got to move up Franco to five. And you've got to keep pushing Mondesi down. I would have been fine with Mondesi going from your two hitter uh, to your nine hitter. That way, whenever the lineup rolls back over, you've got Mondesi, Merrifield, Solaire, just like you had a couple of days ago. And then you go into Perez and you go into that. Uh, Mondesi's not a three hole hitter. And Mike Matheny talks about not wanting to, to coddle these guys and wants to win. He doesn't care about their feelings. What do you do with Mondesi at three then? I mean, what are you doing with Mondesi at three then? So that's my big gripe with the lineup order. The only other issue I had in this game with Mike Matheny was you put Solaire in right field, which is fine. I don't think that Solaire is as atrocious out there as some people do, but when you move Solaire out of that DH spot, you cannot put Frenchie Cordero there. And not because I don't believe in Frenchie as a hitter. I do. I love his potential as a hitter, but... You cannot have two of your worst defenders in the field at the same time. You cannot have Michael Franco and Solaire in the field. If you move one of them out of the DH spot, the other one has to go in there. And you can say, who's going to play third base? Let me tell you. You put Franco at DH, you put Whitmerfield at third base, and you put Nicky Lopez back in the damn lineup. I mean, Nicky Lopez, it, I don't know what's happening with him and Mike Matheny. It certainly seems like there's some sort of gripe between the two. He gets pulled on Friday after having great at-bats. Hardly plays all weekend, doesn't play yesterday. Something is up there, in my opinion. So, I don't like the order. I don't like the fact that if you move Jorge Soler out of the DH spot to me, you've automatically got to put Franco in there. Because Franco's not a good fielder. And he wasn't a good fielder in Philadelphia. And, and that's part of why he didn't last in the NL game prior to the Universal DH. is because they didn't have a DH spot for him. In Kansas City typically does not have a DH spot for him because they like to use Soler at that DH spot. But whenever you take him out of that spot, you got to put Fran uh, Franco in there. you just got to put Franco in there. But that's enough lineup talk. Let's take a break, and then we're going to talk all about the production at the plate because it was magnificent. But first, I want to tell you about our good friends over at CBDMD. It doesn't matter if you're a professional athlete, a stay-at-home parent, or if you spend eight hours a day in an uncomfortable office chair, everyone needs support to make it through the day. Luckily, our friends over at CBDMD have an amazing duo that can help you stay relaxed, regroup, and recharge when life gets chaotic. CBD Freeze with Menthol is an award-winning product that offers their instant cooling relief in easy-to-use rollers or their shareable squeeze tubes. CBD recovery with CBD, inflammation-fighting compounds like Arsena, and vitamin B6 give you the support you need where it matters most. And they are making it e even easier to try this amazing duo 
with our audience. Whenever you go to cbdmd.com, they're offering our listeners 25% off your next order when you use promo code LOCKEDONMLB at checkout. Once again, that's cbdmd.com, promo code LOCKEDONMLB for 25% off at checkout for your superior CBD oil products from cbdmd.com, promo code LOCKEDONMLB for 25% off. So at the plate, the production was good. Outside of Mondesi, at that three-hole hitter, 0 for 5, the production was really good. Let's start with Whit Mayerfield because he almost had a triple for the first time since George Brett. There isn't much to say about him. Three for five, three runs, three RBIs, 400 average. I, there isn't much to say about him. He's an elite hitter. I think that in Kansas City, you know that. I know that. The national media knows he's a good player. I don't think that they realize he's an elite hitter. Just because you're not hitting 40 home runs doesn't mean you're not an elite hitter. He is a versatile player defensively. At the plate, he's elite. He is elite. He's not going to win any gold gloves. Might not win a silver slugger because he doesn't have the home run numbers, but he is an elite bat in your lineup. And he can hit leadoff. I feel comfortable hitting him number two. I feel comfortable hitting him number three. If you wanted to flip-flop even Montessi leading off and Merrifield third, I wouldn't even mind that. It's not just the power numbers with Montessi. He can't get on base. He's an automatic out. Unless he can beat out a ground ball to shortstop, he's an automatic out. Over five last night. I would have liked Merrifield at third rather than Montessi. If you want to put Montessi up in the order, put him leadoff. See if he can try to get on base somehow. See if he can try to bunt for a single. Because you can't bunt when you got Soler at first. You know, if Soler, if Soler gets on, who's ahead of Montessi in this lineup, nonetheless, love Whit Merrifield. He's an elite hitter, point blank. Uh, Soler does what he does. Couple RBIs, beautiful home run. Uh, that's what Jorge Soler does. He's going to hit you the home run, but he's also going to strike out. One for four, couple RBIs. Perfect. Perfect game. And he also drew a walk, which is huge for him. I like Solaire. I really do. I don't really get shuffling him in the lineup because you want to get him going. Because, again, I think he's going. I think this is what he is. I think he's doing exactly his job. His job is to hit home runs or to strike out. He's the only batter in this lineup, uh, besides maybe Frencher Cordero, that's a traditional 2020 hitter. And in 2020, you're Joey Gallo. You're, you're Joey Gallo. You're you're looking to hit home runs, and if you strike out, okay, that's fine. And that's what Soler is. Now, I like moving it up to, to the two-hole to get him more chances at that home run, to get him more at-bats. I like that. But I didn't really understand the point of getting him going because, again, I think that Soler is going. I think that Soler is fine. I really do. Uh, Perez, red hot. You know, After coming back from injury and then coming back from COVID, he's red hot. Another home run yesterday, couple runs scored, a walk, which was huge. Now, uh, Rick Souther mentioned this on the broadcast, and, and Salvi does not like to walk. Salvi will almost do anything not to walk. And so for him in that big spot to lay off and go ahead and take his base, to not do too much, to not over-pursue. You, know, you hear that a lot in football, you hear that a lot in other sports, to not overdo it in the big moment. That was, that was big for him. That was, a, that was a, a, a step for him. You have not seen him do much. And normally it works out. Normally it gets a, a huge you know, RBI in the wildcard game, a huge you know, World Series MVP. I'm not saying he's a bad player. I'm saying that the, the 
awareness in that situation to go ahead and, and lay off a hard pitch to lay off of. If he swung at that pitch and struck out, I would not have complained because that's a tough pitch. That's a tough pitch to lay off of. So to have that awareness was huge for him. It's huge for any hitter. That was a great moment from that walk right there. And I think that that's kind of, uh, as a side tangent, that's kind of what people don't see about baseball is that a, a walk goes down as a walk in the box score. But unless you're watching the game, you cannot get a feel for how important that was. Unless someone explains it to you, you, you don't really know how important it was. And, and so Rex Heller, I will give him credit yesterday, did a good job of saying how big that was in the moment and explaining why that was so big for that s- specific situation. It was not just a normal walk. Uh, but you move down the list, and Ryan O'Hearn came onto the scene yesterday. Going back from COVID, he, had a, he was on fire throughout spring training. Uh, he gets COVID, so that kind of sidelines the summer camp and then sidelines him for the beginning of the season. But he goes two for four, and Ryan O'Hearn with two RBIs and a run scored. Ryan O'Hearn provided so much to this lineup yesterday. He extended this lineup. I mean, again, besides Mondesi, at any moment, I, I think Witt, Solaire, Perez, O'Hearn, Franco can get on base, can get a hit, can get a home run, can get a run scored at any moment. So if Ryan O'Hearn is adding that feeling to your lineup, imagine what this team will look like when they add Hunter Dozier, an all-star, back in this lineup. That's why this is so important. That's why the Tiger series is so important. You have to win this Tiger series. You have to tread water against the good teams and beat the bad teams until you can get Hunter Dozier back. Because Hunter Dozier adds so much to this lineup. I cannot wait to see this lineup that I've been been raving about since January. I've been raving about this lineup and how competitive it will be. And we're going to finally see it. We saw a little bit yesterday. We're going to finally see it once Hunter Dozier returns. But O'Hearn was great. O'Hearn was freaking awesome yesterday. I mean, that's the bottom line. He was freaking awesome. Uh, As was Michael Franco. And I'm going to take a victory lap here because since December... That's right. Since December, my first ever show on this podcast, whenever I started this podcast, I called out Michael Franco and said this is a great signing and that he has Kaufman pop and that in the AL, he can perform at the plate and that in the AL, he's going to show you what he was missing in Philadelphia. A change of scenery, great potential at the plate. He showed it last night. Last night, he goes three for five, couple home runs, four RBIs. Amazing. Amazing game for Michael Franco. And again, he, he did look bad in the field again yesterday, but that, that's to be expected. And it just so happens that you do have a DH in Jorge Soler to where you still cannot use that DH spot for Franco. But I will say, when Dozier's back, when Dozier is back, I would, I would love to see a lineup of Franco at DH slide Dozier back to third, and go ahead and sacrifice right field with Solaire because Solaire at least has a cannon to where if he can just keep the ball near him, he can gun somebody down. Solaire can play right field better than Franco can play third base. And for your DH spot with those two guys who you, who you do not, you do not want to lose their bats from the lineup. The DH spot should be used for your worst fielder. And to me, your worst fielder is Michael Franco. But again, I would not complain if Mike Matheny continues to use Solaire at the DH. The only thing I complained about with that today was that you elected to have both of them in your lineup. You elected to have both Franco and Solaire in your defensive lineup whenever you had the DH spot open because you moved Solaire out of it. But nonetheless, uh, tough day at the plate for Gordon. Uh, Frank, uh, Frenchy Cordero looked good. I mean, 
a hit, one for four, a couple runs scored, a nice walk drawn. He was fine. And then Brett Phillips. I mean, what got into Brett Phillips yesterday? You know, what's interesting about Brett Phillips is that he's a defensive player. And this season, he's had more good at-bats than he has good moments in the field. And I think that that's where he needs to relax a little bit. He's he's pressing. He understands that this is his moment. With no Dozier in that outfield, with, with no competition really at, at center field, he understands this is his moment to impress Mike Matheny, to impress this organization. And it's translating at the plate. Again, he's had good at-bats. Not just yesterday. He's had good at-bats this season. Yesterday goes two for four. He's had good at-bats. But in the field, he's making mental mistakes. He's making different miscues that he normally doesn't. You saw yesterday he allowed a runner to advance to second base off of a mental miscue. So... If Brett Phillips can calm down at center field and realize, hey, everything's fine, don't do too much, don't start pressing, and continue his good approach at the plate, you've got yourself a heck of a center fielder, especially as a fourth outfielder once Dozier returns. I mean, that that's special. Uh, and, and he can play himself. If he can get the defense right, which we know he can, we know that he can be an elite guy defensively, if he can get that part right, he could play himself into – a situation where even with Dozier back, you might want to keep him in the lineup. And there's a lot of ways to do that, most notably putting Witt back at second base and then having him in center, Brett Phillips in center, and then having uh, Dozier in right. Uh, but still, uh, this is a big moment for Brett Phillips, and, and it was a great start yesterday hitting that home run. Uh, I was surprised that no one uh, brought up his MLB The Show clip where he's screaming at Matt Vascursion for calling him a defensive player after that home run. But he had a good game yesterday. The, the defensive miscue... I do attribute all of the defensive miscues he's had this weekend to just being too excited, to being to doing too much. And I can't blame him. Again, he's someone who has to um, try to prove himself in a short amount of time, but he just needs to relax a little bit. Just relax a little bit. Uh, but this is a fun show. We'll discuss it all coming up again tonight. You're going to face the Tigers again, obviously. And Kyle Zimmer is going to go on the mound for the Royals. He's going to go 22 pitches, and then you're going to have a bullpen day. The good thing about this bullpen day, you did not use any of your veterans yesterday. Uh, so if you can get Kyle Zimmer some run support and he can carry you through two innings, you're going to be able to deploy Holland, Rosenthal, you know, um, Kennedy. You're going to be able to, just, to to really throw out there those guys, those top three guys. And then Zuber's back. I mean, he hasn't pitched since Friday, had a long day Friday, but that's four relievers right there. If, if Zimmer can get you the two the two innings and, and look good doing it, I think Zuber can get you two more. I think, you know, Rosenthal can get you maybe one or two. And then you go to Kennedy and Holland. The bullpen day is shaping up nicely, even despite yesterday Mike Montgomery only going two innings. Uh, so it'll be interesting to watch today. Uh, beat the streak pick. Why not go with Michael Franco? He's red hot. Let's go with Michael Franco. And then the bet of the day. I'm going to go with Royals plus one and a half. Anytime that you're going to be the underdog against Detroit, I'm going to go ahead and take it. That seems like a safe bet. Hopefully they can prove me right and win this game. Again, you would love to sweep the Tigers, but you really just need to win this series. So whatever it takes to win this series, go ahead and do it. If you're Kansas City, you can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Is that R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. Be good and be good to one another. We'll see you next time on Locked On Royals.